0: Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 157.
1: I'm Shayna Rattler. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to have and respond well to a God shift in your life is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, with my friend Scott Mater. One of the other ones that I see a lot is that you've been at. on. You should do this, you should do that. And sometimes we should on ourselves, but more often than not, it's people in our lives who have the best intentions for us who tell us you should focus on your family before you start a career. You should wait until your kids are out of the house before you explore worship.
0: Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview Shayna Rattler about her message of making a God shift. I asked her what a God shift is and how we can recognize that we might need one. And I asked Shana to share with you how you can make such a shift successfully. One area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in productivity for your passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com launch. Shana Rattler is a prophetic minister... Arthur, and speaker who empowers others to experience a God shift that moves them from disruption into a greater destiny. She is passionate about helping others develop a deeper understanding of God and the identity they have in Him. Shayna has helped thousands of individuals and organizations around the world achieve personal growth and organizational excellence. She and her businesses have received multiple awards. She has published four books and has been featured on over 450 media outlets. Shayna also hosts the God Shift podcast and the God Shift TV show. Welcome to the show, Shayna.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about this in the intro and how you talk about this God Shift. Before we talk about what the God Shift really is, And what you mean by that. Tell me a little bit about your journey and what brought you to the point where you feel like this is the message that you should be putting out into the world.
1: So I've been an entrepreneur since 2007, and I started off as a general business coach. I then narrowed and niched down to more of a specialty of teaching business owners how to land corporate contracts and corporate sponsors. And I really had become accustomed to speaking in different parts of the world, having big name people as clients, making a lot of money. And then all of a sudden in 2018, all of that dried up. I jokingly say everything I touched turned to dirt. The opposite of the Midas touch. And the so,
0: anti-Midas touch. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. So people were hiring me to do things that I probably talk about in my sleep and I just flat out could not perform. And I was doing it it was one of those scenarios just to boil it down. What do you do when everything that's always worked just no longer works? The long and the short of that was, is that I was actually being called out of marketplace and into ministry. And I believe that the Lord is a father, just like those of us who are fathers and mothers in the natural sense, where we know what it's going to take to get our children's attention. And he knew that if he would have just allowed everything in my business to go on business as usual, make the money, have the clients, do all the things. And he was like, hey, I'm calling you to ministry. I'll be like, is he talking to you? Me <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> Sorry, was, I can't because, hear you. <laughs> exactly. So that was my journey. Everything around me was drying up. I was doing all the things that I've always done, hiring the people that I've always hired. And we just were not producing the results. And it was because I was being called to ministry. And so I accepted, I've air quote, I accepted my calling to ministry in 2018. I really didn't have a clear sense of what it was going to look like until about 2019. And I've been putting those pieces together ever since.
0: And I think that's important to actually call out. So first off, do you think there were signs before everything dried up that maybe you were supposed to be making a pivot that you just weren't hearing or weren't paying attention to?
1: It's interesting that you say that because even in hindsight, I look back and I don't see them. But I can tell you that in talking to friends that have known (laughs) me all of my life, they say, I could see that you were being prepared for this all along. When I was telling my clients that I had been called to ministry or had been accepting my calling to ministry, they're like, you've been preaching and prophesying in my life for years. I hired you to teach me how to land contracts. And I think I learned more about Myself and the Lord than I did, maybe even what it was that I was paying you for. So others tell me that they've seen it on me all along, but I've gone back and said, What clues did I see ahead of time? And other than a strong desire to align my life with the word of God, but I wouldn't necessarily say that was because I was being called to ministry. I think that's because that's what we, sh- I, as a Christian, I. Sh- should have been doing was living a life that was more in alignment with what he says it should be.
0: And and that's interesting because one of the things I talk about when people are struggling with their calling is a lot of times it's finding those people in their circle and asking them because I think a lot of times other people start seeing it before we do. We're blind. We're blind to those signals ourselves. And then the other part is once you you know, you, again, you said air quotes accepted it. And that was how you put it. Once you began to accept it, why do you think it took from 2018, 2019, even into 2020 to really start feeling like I know what this is supposed to look like?
1: So in 2018, when I said, yes, like that's why I say accepted. Like I said, yes, I had seen the negative effects of people's lives who had ran from ministry and I didn't want that. (laughs) And so I decided to run to it, but that's I am anyway. I've always been the type of person to take risk. I might jump and figure out the parachute later. So it's no surprise to those around me that I handled this scenario any differently. But I think that from 2018 to 2019, it's almost like he had to allow me the opportunity to create in my mind for myself what it was going to be just so he could tear it down. <laughs> just so he could tear it down because I believe that one of the lessons that I have learned in this season is that I'm not in control. And even though I'm a great planner, even though I'm a very linear thinker, he was calling me to an area of ministry that I can't plan my way into. And I think I needed time to sit with the notion of who was I going to have to be for the season before he could really give me, because I'm the type of person that if you tell me what to do, or I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm just going to run off in that direction. And I believe that when we're really thinking about really getting serious about our purpose and our calling, our assignment, our destiny, I don't, I believe that that those words are not the same, even though we use them interchangeably. We can talk about that if you want to. But I believe that it's important for us to really think about what's in my life that I need to leverage and what's in my life that I need to shed. And I think he was giving me the opportunity, and I can tell you that in hindsight, he was giving me the opportunity to really focus on what did I need to focus on keeping and what did I need to focus on letting go before he showed me the bigger picture of where he was taking me.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times... The one of the biggest barriers we have to finding a direction is the letting go part, because letting go feels like grief. It feels like loss. It's scary. It's sad, all of those emotions. And yet to let something new, we usually have to let go of something old. There's got to be that the lead. This
1: thing is usually placed just far enough out of reach mm-hmm. that we have to let go of the old in order to To grasp the new, it's the most critical. We're talking about shifting. In my opinion, it's the most critical yet most difficult step in the process. Is letting go. You can't. Just like the Bible talks about, if you try to put new wine in old wine skins, it's just going to burst. Next is necessary, and in order to have next, and in order to have new, there's going to be some things that would spoil it. Like you can't take old milk and put it in new coffee and expect to have your dream drink. It just doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, don't go there. Yeah, don't mess with my coffee. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you mean by God shift. What is this concept? Why is it important? I think you gave an example, but let's unpack that a little bit more. What do you mean by that?
1: So, my definition of a God shift is any time a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose and it moves you into a greater destiny. And it's important because those unexpected circumstances, those times of disruption are being used to get our attention. Why? Because we've been pursuing the wrong place and putting our priorities on the wrong things, whether it's okay. a physical place in our relationships and our in our past performances and achievements our just anything that we're putting energy into, that is not on the path that God has planned for us, he is going to do whatever it is that he has to do in order to get our attention to invite into that plan that he has for us. The question is, is when we look at how do we respond to that, is are we going to see what it is that he needs us to see? Are we going to learn what it is that he wants us to learn? And for many of us, are we going to go where it is that he needs us next? But I I think I want to add something there, because you Mm -hmm. Hit on this a minute ago when we're talking about what we're going to have to let go of or whatever. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we're going to, our Godship is going to ask us to let go of trash, and other times it's going to ask us to let go of treasure. So disruption mm-hmm. is not always negative. Right. I believe that those are the ones that we may pay attention to or give the most time and resources to, but disruption and unexpected circumstances do not inherently have to be something that's negative. So what happens when we're asked to let go of good things or what happens when we have to go to the other side of the country, but that job allows us to have more impact, influence, and income than anything we've ever done in our lives.
0: And the listeners have heard some of my transition. I left a job that actually, I really enjoyed. I really loved. I enjoyed the people. I liked what I was doing. I was highly compensated. There were some things about it I didn't like, like the travel. But really and truly, it was the kind of job that people looked at and went, well, that's the kind of job that you've always been headed towards. It's right where your sweet spot to go start my own business. And everyone was like, you're crazy. Why are you giving up all of this great stuff to go do something that is really unknown? You, you don't even know if this is going to work. And part of it was because I had that feeling I needed to let go of something that was good because mm-hmm. there was greater that I was being called to. Yeah. So what are some of the signs that people can look for that kind of point them in the direction that, hey, this is a just, dis- I think there's disruption and there's also just stuff that happens. <laughs> How do we know the difference between stuff happens and maybe this is something more than that?
1: Absolutely. So if you find yourself where pursuing that thing that you once loved is now feeling like a chore, if you feel like you're at a crossroads of staying on this direction or taking a different path, if you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, if you are, your relationships and everything are drying up around you, the bottom line is something is just off. And so it could be that you're feeling stuck or not passionate anymore, but it also could be that you've accomplished everything that you desire to accomplish, but yet you just can't shake that feeling that there's another level of success with your name on it. So the bottom line is something is just off and you may not know what or why, but you do know you don't like, you don't like where you are and you're anxious to get on the other side of whatever that thing.
0: So that feeling again, though, I think we struggle sometimes with recognizing that feeling because it's not obvious always. So what, you know, what, (laughs) I guess, what's the difference between, no, this is really that push. And this is just, I'm feeling a little stuck or a little frustrated. It's a season versus a, a, a direct.
1: So I think that we've all had experiences in our lives that we could easily shake. And then there's others that reoccur and we just can't seem to shake. So normally, and it's not to say because there's some of us that can feel a nudge and move. Oh, we yeah. To, we, That's we my
0: either,
1: wife. <laughs> I can say all the time like we can either shift or be shoved. Like I'm the yeah. type of person that you can't whisper at me. You have to yell at me and hit me over the head with a two by four to get me to do anything different depending on what it pertains to. So I don't want to give the indication that if it's something, if it's a minor irritant in your life, that you can dismiss it and say that it's not a God shift. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens. But it typically is something that it's touching a part of your life that is significant enough for you to care to explore. So whether it is a little bitty tap and a little bitty whisper or a loud scream because you've ignored the whispers and the taps, is it touching an area of your life that you care enough about to say, let me spend some time being still and listening and journaling to see what it is that might that might be going on in my life? God shifts can be minor, god shifts can be major. And they can touch any area of your life. They can touch your health. They can touch your relationships. They can touch your money. They can touch your energy. Anything.
0: So once someone's begun to sense this, I, again, well, I'm wired like you. I'm the hit me over the head with the baseball bat a couple of <laughs> times and I might notice eventually. My wife, on the other hand, is the she feels a little gentle nudge and she's off in a new direction. And I'm going, where are you going? What's ha- hold on, time out. I need more information here. Right. And there's a reason that we were put together. But when someone begins to feel that nudge, and I think you were alluding to this a little bit when you started talking about being quiet and journaling, what are some of the things we need to do to make sure that we, we go the direction that God is pushing us and do it in a successful way?
1: I believe that many of us know. We know what it is, whether we're willing to acknowledge it, whether we're willing to take action on it, we really know. And there's others of us that we flat out just don't know. And that's when I say, spend time getting still and ask. And the reason why the stillness is so important is because we're exposed to over 10,000 messages every day. And sometimes we can't hear what the instructions are that God is giving us because there's too much noise in our lives. And so we can't expect to just continue to go while we ask and expect to be able to hear and receive. And then obviously you can't follow the instructions if you can't hear them. So I ask people, ask other people that are in your lives, especially if you have strong spiritual counsel, sometimes you can ask them what they're seeking. But even if we think about it in our natural lives, the people that are around us, okay, hey, have you noticed anything or... Is there anything that, that you feel like you've seen me shy away from? And then other times you just need to sit still and say, Lord, I have no idea what it is that you're doing. Will you show me? And if he's that committed to his results, which I believe he is, I believe that he will show you. And that's why I think that journaling is important. I think recognizing the different ways that he speaks, he can speak through dreams, other people, messages that you see on Facebook. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I am thinking about something in particular, it seems like every meme that pops up is is for me. Every sermon I listen to, every motivational speech I, I listen to. So just really being in tune to the frequency of all the different things that the Lord can put in front of you, because very few people hear an audible voice.
0: You mentioned the sermon, and I have the honor of getting to preach quite a bit. And one of the funny things that happens, and I've talked to other people who are, are actually ordained ministers and preach all the time, and other lay people like me who get the honor of preaching a lot. And this happens to all of us where you're walking out at the end of service and somebody walks up to you and says, when you said this in your sermon, it was so impactful. And that was nowhere in your sermon. Those, <laughs> That message was nowhere. You might want to pay attention to that because that wasn't me. That was something else. That was, that was the Holy it, Spirit.
1: And when you may be giving an example of how it applies to one area of your life, but it's one of those things is like I'm talking about this but apply it where it fits.
0: And (laughs) people hear it elsewhere.
1: Yeah, apply it where it fits.
0: So what about the opposite? What are some of the things that block us from getting to the God shift successfully that hold us back?
1: There's a lot of them, but the ones that I see the most are being attached to either the old way of doing things or what it is that you had in mind. I say all the time, I believe that some of the toughest things to let go of are what you had in mind. So that includes... What you had in mind, you know, wh- how, what you planned, how you planned it, and who you planned it to include. So, if you're going to be stuck to the old way of doing things and letting your butt get in the way, and I'm ta- not talking about the butt you sit on, but your butt. I've tried that, but this, but that, then it's going to be very. But that difficult.
0: will never work. Yeah.
1: One of the other ones that I see a lot is that you've been shitted on. You should do this. You should do that. And sometimes we should on ourselves. But more often than not, it's people in our lives who have the best intentions for us who tell us you should focus on your family before you start a career. You should wait until your kids are out of the house before you explore entrepreneurship. And then obviously fear is a big one. I believe that oftentimes we're really just dressing our faith up as our faith up as fear. And they actually have the same definition, believing in something that hasn't happened. And Mm -hmm. so since they're so closely related, you have to really be careful to make sure that you're feeding the right one and starving the right one. There's a lot of things that can actually get in the way. If you've invested a lot of time or money to get here, whatever here is, whether it's the relationship, the job, the career, those are some of the main things that I see in my line of work that really keep people, I call them destiny blocks.
0: Well, and I wanted to circle back earlier, you mentioned talking about assignment, destiny, and calling, and you just mentioned the word destiny again. And you said you, you feel like those words are different. Unpack a little bit what you mean by that.
1: So I'll give a real easy definition of all four of them. And like I said, I hear these words used interchangeably and they're not. Assignment, that's who you help. And those things can change with the seasons. Right. Like I I started off. I'll give an example after I give all of them. Your calling is how you how you help the people that you're assigned to. You're called to preach. You're called to teach. You're called to coach. Right. Your purpose is why you're here. Your destiny is where your purpose takes you. So your destiny is where you is where you end up. So if you look at my own life, even as a young child, before I was even old enough to legally work, I had started volunteering in the activities department of a nursing home. And my dad said I would drive him crazy because I was like, I can't be late for work. And he's like, You're not getting paid. (laughs) It's not a real (laughs) job. But instead of me being down in the dining room playing bingo. I found myself in the room of one of the residents who was bedbound and was not able to get up. And so I would ask her if you could go anywhere and do anything, what would it do? What would that be? And then I would go before I came back the next time I would find a book to read to her that was about that. So then when you fast forward to I became a therapist. And then I became a business coach and now I'm in ministry. So my purpose has never changed. My purpose has always been to make people's dreams come true, to make their goals become a reality. But my assignment has changed. And for many of us, we need to give ourselves permission to let go of an assignment that, that has expired. We can't really get to where our purpose is taking us, which is our destiny, because we refuse to let go of an assignment that has expired. So I hope that clears that up because again, as listeners are listening to this, they probably have heard people use all four of those words as synonyms and they probably Mm -hmm. have done it themselves, but they're not the same. They all play a part in the same story, but they're completely different pieces of
0: the puzzle. And notice nowhere in there explicitly is career or job either. Because again, (laughs) I think people confuse career with calling sometimes or career with, purpose when no, that's just, (laughs) yeah, that's just what you're doing today. It may or may not change. It may change. It may not. Yeah. That's in that place that you're doing it. So before I move on to a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, is there anything else that you want to share from the, the message around the God shift that you'd like listeners to hear?
1: Absolutely. We talked a little bit in the beginning about in my own journey, how important it is to focus on being versus doing, because I think that's one of the questions that we often ask is what am I supposed to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And I don't think it's any coincidence that we're called human beings and not human doings. And I believe that if we will focus on becoming the best version of ourselves that we need to become, if we'll focus on really maximizing our strengths and shedding our weaknesses, getting rid of people and things that no longer service, I believe that we will attract the doing to ourselves or we'll be in a better position to be able to identify that. And the other thing is, I think that we need to recognize that we were given when Jesus Christ died, we were given the same authority that he has. And so we have to recognize that we have kingdom authority and we have to be willing to recognize to exercise that kingdom authority. We have to be willing to use our mouth to speak things into existence. We have to recognize that our mouth can open doors that talent cannot. We recognize that we have to recognize that we have the authority to make things happen. And I believe many of us, we either A, don't realize that we actually have that kingdom authority. I said on a podcast not that long ago, do you realize that's the only reason that Jesus was able to die? because the authority that was in him was placed in us. We have the authority to step on serpents. We have the authority to speak things as though they that aren't as though they were. We have the authority to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. That authority was transferred to us so that he could go and sit at the right hand of the father and we could continue to execute that authority in the world. We just don't necessarily do that especially in our own lives. So if there's anything else that I could say about the God shift is focus on who you need to become for this season and exercise the authority that is in you because it is powerful.
0: Yeah. So one of the questions I like to ask all the, my guests, so my brand is inspired stewardship and stewardship is a word that means a lot to me. And yet I've discovered over the years, that's also one of those words, like what you were saying with calling and destiny and assignment, people use it, but everybody means something different. Yeah. What does the word stewardship mean to you? And what is the impact of that meaning been on your life?
1: For me, stewardship is how you honor and manage things that have been entrusted to you. So when we think about our time, when we think about our talent, when we think about our treasures, how do you, how does it show up in your daily life that you actually honor those things? Are you managing those things? Are you putting priorities on the right thing so that you really can honor and value those things that have been entrusted to you. And so in my own life, one of the questions that I ask myself, if something has not happened, what role did I play in it not happening? Is there something that I didn't steward well? Did I not steward my time? Did I not steward my treasure well enough? Did I not steward the gift that was in me enough to faithfully develop it? Because I believe that although that God is God all by himself, that he really wants to co-create with us, And so if something hasn't happened in my life, I ask myself, is it just because it's not time or has it been delayed because I have not been a good steward?
0: So this is my favorite question. If I invented this magic machine and I was able to pluck you out of the seat where you are today and transport you into the future, a hundred to 150 years, and through the magic of this machine, you were able to look back on your whole life and see the ripples, the impacts the connections that you've left behind, what impact do you hope you've left on the world?
1: That's heavy. (laughs) That's heavy. My true heart's desire is that when someone is going through something, I call it a God shift, but you can look at it as unexpected circumstance. You can look at it as disruption. You can look at it as what the hell is going on, whatever you want to call it. My true heart's desire is that people through my work, will have been able to recognize that it not just happened, it didn't happen to them, it happened for them. And that they can recognize that it may have been used for a reason and for a purpose. But the most important thing is, where is it that you need to go next? Like, it's not okay for me to go to conferences and hear someone at the microphone that is boo-hoo crying and still majorly impacted by something that happened in their lives 18 years ago. It angers me to the point that sometimes I'm like, do you not realize how disrespectful you're being to God? Like he has no desire for you just to sit in this 18 years later. So I hope that when I look back at the words that I have left, when I look back at the work that I have done, that people really recognize, you know what, I'm gonna give myself a moment to be human, and feel what it is that I'm going through. But then I'm going to recognize that it's a choice for me to get up, figure out what the heck it is that I need to do and move forward. I hope that's the fingerprint that I leave on the world.
0: So what's coming next as you continue on this journey? What's on the roadmap?
1: So when I go back to, I said 2019, it was very clear to me what my ministry was going (laughs) to consist of. And I was very clearly told that I would preach and teach in stadiums, that I would have a television show and that I would use my prophetic gifts to work with celebrities and politicians. I do have a television show, but it was one that I hired the production company and did it. It wasn't anything that, that a network came and found me or whatever, but I, I believe that if the Lord shows me something, that means that it's going to happen. And since The version of what I really feel like is going to happen in my life as it pertains to to mass media has not occurred yet. I believe that stadiums are coming. I believe that mass media productions are coming. And I believe that celebrities and politicians are coming. And I believe that we are leaving the church era and we are going into the kingdom era. Going back to the kingdom era, because I believe that's what the original intention was. It wasn't religion. It wasn't the things that man had done and created a mess, (laughs) quite frankly, quite frankly. And I really believe that the Lord is not just raising up new voices because I hear that a lot now. Oh, he's raising up new voices. What I really believe is that he's changing the frequency of our ears to be able to hear different voices that are not your traditional Parishioner, and so that—that's what I really believe is coming next. I don't know how, but the how is none of my business. I don't know when, but Lord help me wait.
0: Amen. Yeah. Be careful when you pray for patience, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That word a long time. Ago. <laughs> yeah. So you can find out more about Shana on Instagram and Facebook under a God shift. She's also over on LinkedIn as Shana Rattler. Or find out more about her podcast book and more at her website. Godshift.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of those over in the show notes. Shana, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener?
1: Yeah, I have a free guide that they can download, and it's called When God Says Shift. And inside that guide, you're going to discover the four shifts that are going to move you out of disruption and integrate greater destiny, possibility, more as possible. And it's going to show you what those four shifts are. We didn't really get into what all of those shifts are other than becoming. So they can download that free guide at GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com. But don't sit on the sidelines. Like, I just really feel that right now. Like, every day that we don't access the wisdom and information that we need is a day delayed to answer the amazing life that's calling. So let's get off the sidelines and let's get in the game. Get the information you need. Take a class, read a book, do whatever it is that you have to do so that we can actually live the lives that not only we desire, but we do.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and impact the world.